Now I'd like to welcome our senior leader and someone who's been a great inspiration to me, Brent Locker. We love you. Before I start, I wanted to share one more thing with you. Todd and Karina aren't with us. They're, they have a, a really exciting um, group that, that God is breathing on. It's something that what they weren't even really planning, uh, the way it all turned out. But uh, they're gone on retreat with this young college-age group who happened to mostly be from a local junior college in the area. Many of, of the people who are coming not previously saved. It's kind of like a little mini revival thing going on. Um, I, and I say that when I talk about revival, re, well, revival was actually breathing your heart alive again. So for some of these people, it's for the first time. But they're just, it's just cool. It's just something God's doing. And Tammy right there, just wave Tammy. That's Tammy Roberts. And she has another very cool group going for young college-age people um, in the Concord area. That's correct, right? Concord. And uh, it's it's more of a discipleship, like going deep thing. And that's God is breathing on that in a, in another special way. So I'm just letting you know we don't always mention all of our groups, but just if you're interested in one of those, you can go talk to one of them and and see what's up. All right. Um, okay. So now I'm gonna pray. Holy Spirit. Yeah. Would you just Come and breathe on us. Fresh life, fresh life, fresh life. Ah, Lord, we can do nothing apart from you, but we're not apart from you <laughs> because you've been given to us as a gift. You, Holy Spirit, you've made your home in us. Christ, we are one with you. Papa, your heart for us never changes. Would you, would you help these truths come in deeper? I mean, really sink into a place where um, they can't be snatched back away. Uh, I know the truth never changes, but but Lord, you know in our hearts when when uh, we waver and and um, and begin to wonder. If some of these things are true, then the joy, which is our gift, is um, seems to also fade away. Though I will say the joy never goes anywhere because it's deep inside of us. But Lord, I'm asking for that joy to rise up again. The joy that knows that we're your children. The joy that knows that we are paid for in full. The joy that knows that 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 somehow the value you've seen in each one of us is that we are the one you choose to inhabit and live with and in. That's amazing. That's just exceptionally good news. So thank you. Holy Spirit, take the truth deeper in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so I'm done. Uh, No, I'm just kidding. I could be, though. Um, I wanted to share with you actually a a story. Well, share with you a little bit of my... uh, Fun, the fun part of my childhood. Uh, most of you in this room know this, but this handsome guy with the big beard here is actually my big brother, Dirk. And uh, uh, we were two of 
uh, four children, grew up in Southern California uh, in Camarillo, for those of you who know where that is. And um, before that, in Pacifica, actually. But I was pretty young by the time we moved to Camarillo, so I don't have a lot of memories of, of being in Pacifica. But this is what I remember, especially in Camarillo growing up, is that the four of us, well, sometimes partial ones of us in our family, and then a bunch of neighbors, we would always play games outside. You know, we didn't have computer games back then. We actually played things like One Foot in the Gutter and uh, (laughs) Fruit Ball, which most people here wouldn't know, but Dirk would. Um, Let's see, Red, White, and Blue. We got uh, Freeze Tag, you know, uh, Kick the Can, Hide and Seek. We'd be out there for hours and hours. And then my mom had a little bell, you know, for dinner time. Ding-a-ling-a-ling-a-ling. So we knew, knew to run in. But I was thinking today, earlier, how um, there was this phrase that we would say when the game was over or like kick the can, somebody kicks the can, so you got to bring everybody in to start over again if you know what that game is. And um, And it was... I've heard it said different ways, but I actually looked it up today. It's, uh, but it's ollie ollie oxen free. You guys remember this? Ollie ollie oxen free or ollie ollie all come free. There's different, different slight variations. And, um, and I, again, I looked it up. I'm like, I wonder where that even came from. I wonder which is the right way of saying it. And of course, Wikipedia has something on everything. And if it's in Wikipedia, it can't be wrong, right? <laughs> um, but anyway, this is what they said. <laughs> is that that actually comes from, uh, they believe, comes from uh, all ye, let's see, all ye, oh, sorry, now I gotta, now I gotta make sure I get it right. Excuse me while I check my phone. All right, and it comes from, oh, that's right, calling all ye out, calling all ye out in free. Everybody who's feeling like you're on the out, you can come in free without punishment. Without, without, what was the word they used? Without penalty. Everybody gets to come in free. Anybody who feels like you're on the out, you get to come in free without penalty. I thought, well, that's the kingdom. That's the gospel right there. That, that what has happened is that when Jesus when Jesus died on the cross, of course, this was already decided before the foundation of the earth that this was going to happen to set us free. But you have Jesus on the cross, and he's saying to all of the earth, all y'all, y'all come free. All you on the out, come free, come in free. That's what he's saying. And if you think about it, like even when in kids playing the game, they hear that. Some of them may be too far away to even hear it. So they're still hiding, and there's not even a game going on. I'm just saying, Jesus said, you're all free. I've paid for the entire world. And by the way, before I go on with that, you might be thinking, Brent, where is that in Scripture? I'd love to tell you. It's in Romans, many places. But in Romans 5, verse 18, one man's offense, that's Adam, brought condemnation on all humanity. And one man's good act, Jesus, has brought justification and life to all humanity. That's what it says right there. Often we want to say, no, it's his gift is only to those who, who believe him. 
That's not true. His gift is for everybody and he waits for those who want him, who want to receive the free gift. So he's saying all of you are free. But there's some people who are so, um, who's, who's, we talked about a veil earlier, right? Cutting off that veil. There's some people who are so hidden in a veil. That's what it actually speaks that the enemy puts a veil over the minds of unbelievers where they can't see the truth. They can't hear Jesus calling out. And so they're still hiding and they don't even know they don't have to anymore. But even those of us who have heard the call, if you think about also the kids in the game, you know, if they're hiding behind a tree, right? And they're hearing, Ollie, Ollie, I'll come free. That's how we said it. That's how I said it. And uh, if they're hearing, Ollie, Ollie, I'll come free, they're, they're still going like this. Is that for real? You know, they're starting to come out. Just, are, we, are we really free? I'm not going to be, I'm not going to get tagged. I'm not going to be it and have to be at the next game. So um, w- this is all of us. We're all in this, we're in this journey of, of saying, is this real? Cause I, cause I would rather not be hiding anymore. And what Jesus is doing is he's inviting us all out of our hiding places. And we all have them in different ways. But little by little, we're starting to trust him. He really means it. He really means we're free. So, I wanted to, uh, I wanted to share with you tonight. Jesus has truly done everything to set us free. There's nothing more he can do. The Bible has made that extremely clear. We're free, we're free, we're free. He has paid the price. It's done in full. So, so why is it that we have such hesitation? And I want to tell you that, that one of the confusing uh, things that happens is in Scripture, there seems to be two different things going on at times. There's Paul, especially Paul, but other writers, Peter, other writers in the New Testament who are saying over and over again, Jesus has set you free. You're all free. But then you'll also see other scriptures where it kind of seems like we have, we have a part to play in this thing. But if you, if you just focus on the part that we have to play and you for, and you don't see it in the context of everything Jesus has already done, now it puts you right back in this place where you're wondering, have I done enough? Am I good with God? Is everything really okay? Cause it doesn't feel very okay sometimes. And, and yet, and yet we do have a part. We, and our part is response. What's, if, remember, the legalism wants to turn everything into rules. Have I done enough? Is God pleased enough with me? But, but, but relationship changes all that. If we understand this is about relationship, now God, God is drawing us in and He says, He says, trust me, that all I want is your heart. I just want intimacy. I just want closeness. Let's get closer. Because the closer you get to me, these are the ways that you're going to become. You're going to become just like me. Let me, I want to, I want to look at a couple of passages. So I, I, I entitled this tonight, God's part and our part. Also, subtitle or maybe the real title is all finished and in process. Everything's finished. Everything's done. And there's still a process. But I want to explain what I mean by that. Let's look at, here's a scripture that says it's finished. If anyone, is there any, anyone here who um, is part of anyone? Oh, good. Yeah, it's all, I only saw half the hands though. 
if anyone is in Christ, anyone, that person is a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. Bam. I do not see process in that statement. I see you've entered from one state of being into an entirely different one. It's called being born again. Or actually, and this is in John chapter 3, but actually, um, technically that, that verbiage is, is really means born from above. That means there was a moment where, where something in you, in your spirit, agreed that Jesus is the Son of God, that he really did die for you, and you want him, and he wants you, and you say yes to his sacrifice for you. You're born from above. Something enters in and you're never the same person. No process in that. Here's, here's another verse. This is Romans 12 too. Same butterfly, same idea, but it, but it seems like there's a part we have to play somehow. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So it seems like we've got, we have some choices. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna look at this a little bit more. Um, you know, I think, uh, no, I'll do this. I, I have a really, I have a fun song. I was, I don't know if we have time, but we're just gonna do it. I, 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 when I, this, this actually came from, uh, YouTube. And, uh, this picture did because it's, it's, it's attached with a song. The reason why I like the song so much is because it totally sounds like the Beatles. So if you ever wondered, if you ever wondered what would have happened if, if Paul and Ringo and, John and George, if they would have like been totally committed followers of Jesus early on in life, you might have heard something like this. It's okay to clap, you know, and dance or whatever, yeah. that's just my silly nature right there i just like these kind of things um wouldn't that have been awesome if that was like in the top 40 they could have they could have done things like that so um here's that same verse romans 12 2 in a different translation don't copy the behavior and customs of this world but let god transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Now it says right there, I mean, it, when it says be transformed, that's, that implies that someone else is doing the transforming. And that's where we get into problems is when we think we're changing ourselves. Well, I'll just transform myself for God. To which we all know the next question, which is how's that working for you? Not so good. So God is transforming you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. All right. Now, I'm going to show you a couple other places in Colossians because I want to keep showing you. Uh, I was reading Colossians the other day, and I was watching over and over again how Paul was was marrying these two ideas over, right next to each other, over and over again, of that uh, that Jesus has done it all and... There is a, there is this process we're in. So just check a look. Here's the process part first. Uh, Colossians 1, 9 and 12. We ask that through perfect wisdom and spiritual understanding, you should reach the fullest knowledge of his will. So there is a reaching of a fullest knowledge. 
And by the way, these, whenever you see that, it's that, that experiential encounters of Him with all power always to persevere and endure, giving thanks with joy to the Father. So there's stuff we're doing. Enduring. Any of you had to endure lately? Isn't there choice involved in enduring? Absolutely there is. Now the Holy Spirit lives in us, so He's helping us. Believe me, it's all His power, but there's still choices we make. But check this out. I, this is actually the same verse that's going to go on. So I'm going to back up to the middle with all power always to persevere and endure, giving thanks with joy to the Father who has made you able to share the lot of God's holy people and with them to inherit the light. Well, boom, didn't, I mean, all of a, if you started in that first sentence to start thinking about, wow, I got a lot to do. I'm already tired because I don't know how I'm going to do this. I've tried really hard. It's not working out. He says, oh no, the all finished part. Same sentence, same verse. He's, the Father has made you able to share the lot of God's holy people. That means he's calling you holy. Did you catch that? Any of you in here think that um, you're on the way to being holy? You've been around here long enough. Or else you're scared of me, one or the other. No, we are not becoming holy. We are holy in Christ. He has already made us holy. But we are discovering who he has made us to be. We're discovering what that instantaneous new birth is all about. And it says, because that's what he has done. It's he who has rescued us from the ruling force of darkness. Past tense. Rescued. You've already been rescued from the ruling force of darkness. And transferred us. Past tense. He's transferred you to the kingdom of the son that he loves. And in him we enjoy our freedom. Forgiveness of sin. You're forgiven. You are forgiven. That's your freedom. Here's another one. The all finished part. This is uh, in chapter three. Since we have been raised with Christ. Done deal. Where, where are you right now? With Christ in the heavenly places. Done. Nothing you can do. You cannot earn that. But then the process part, you must look for the things that are above where Christ is sitting at God's right hand. Same sentence. But see, um, people that are, that are, I will say, trapped in bond, the bondage of legalism, it's funny because they only read that second part. That's all they see is, oh, well, am I doing, am I looking enough today? At, am I really doing it enough today? No, it's both. You have been raised with Christ, but God is also training you to um, more and more capture your thoughts on what Jesus is up to. What's going on in his kingdom? Who does he say you are? And here's the very next sentence. Same thing. Starts with the process. Let your thoughts be on all, beyond things above, not on the things that are on the earth. And the all finished part, because you have died. You've already died. And now the life you have is hidden with Christ in God. Some of you are saying, I don't get that because I think I'm here alive in this room. What that's saying is, is the moment you said yes to Jesus, that when it says the old is gone and the new is here, that old, the old you, including the sin nature that was part of you, it died. So you've already died. This is why in uh, Romans chapter five and chapter six, actually, it says that, that, um, sin, isn't your master anymore. Sin can't tell you what to do. 
I'm, I, right there, that's, that comment right there, most of us in this room, if I really could have a one-on-one with each one of you, I'm betting most of you in the room wouldn't actually believe that. You'd, you, sometimes we say, oh yeah, I believe that. But then how often do we say, you know, I just can't, man, sin has got such a hold on me, I just can't. Mm-mm. That's actually not true. See, we're living a lie because we're still in the process of believing what's true. The moment you said yes to Jesus, this is in Colossians 2, verse 11. Let me make sure I get that right since this is on podcast. A lot of these times I just know, you know, I know it's about there, but let me just make sure. Colossians 2, verse 11 says that that in Christ you have been circumcised with a different kind of circumcision. This is the one where he has cut out your sin nature. He's cut it out of you. It's not there anymore. See, we have got to start stepping into the truth and believing it. And we're all in that process, myself included. But the more that you believe what Christ has already done, the more your life reflects that very glory of who you already are. It's phenomenal. Now, this is the verse, this is the, the verse that I want to um, get to, because this one really captured me this morning. This, this is a wow verse, um, a couple verses. It just, it, it really blows me away, actually. Because if you want to talk about, if you get in that place of feeling like you're not doing enough, you're not good enough, how am I supposed to, I don't feel like I'm holy enough, and I already told you you already are holy. Check this out. By Jesus' divine power. First of all, so let's just stop right there. Does anybody think Jesus has enough power to do whatever's coming next? See, you've already settled it. You haven't even read it yet. But by His divine power, He has lavished on us all the things we need for life and for true devotion. Any of you feel like you're not close enough to the Lord? You're not as close as you want to be. You want to be more intimate. You want to... I mean, I'm in, I'm in that category. I always want to be closer. I always want more experiences. But it says right here, and this is about stepping into the truth of what he says is true, even if you're not feeling it. He says right here, he's already lavished on you, every single one of you in this room, everything, all the things we need, not only to live life, but for true devotion. You're not lacking anything in drawing close to the Lord. He's already given it to you. Now, you know, I I understand the struggle in our minds. Our minds try to capture this and we say, well, then, okay, I don't get it then how come I'm not closer to the Lord? You're, you're in a process. He's not giving up on you. He said in Philippians 1, 6 or 7, what I have started in you, I will bring to completion in you. I think it's 1, 6. What I have started in you, I will bring to completion in you. He's doing it. He is doing it. You are closer to Him than you were a year ago, 10 years ago, or however many years you've been with Him. Yes, you are. And, and, um, you know, sometimes what we do, though, our, one of our problems is, is is we try to assess where we think we are daily or sometimes moment by moment. Forget about it. That's just a bad idea because what you really you're I mean, that's actually I'm just going to be honest here. That's actually you going back to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. 
That was the problem with Adam. He didn't want God's intimacy and for God just to tell him what would be good or not good. He says, no, I think I'll take from that tree and I'll decide for myself. When we're starting to self-evaluate, when it's not his eyes looking at us, I understand there are times the Lord's going to tell us things we need to see about areas of our life that need to change. That's God. I'm saying self-evaluation, the kind that leads to you whipping yourself because you're not doing good enough, that's, that's dead. That is going to kill you every time. Because, because we don't see things the way he does. And when we look at our days moment by moment or one day at a time to try to th- assess how we're doing, this is, this is the way I, I described it last Tuesday in the class. It's like the stock market. You ever seen the stock market? You know, overall they're like, yeah, invest. It's going to go up. Well, that doesn't look so good sometimes when you invest and then the next week you just lost a bunch of money, right? Because there are these little spikes, right? But, but look at where the graph's going, you know? The graph's going like this, going up. Now, let me tell you something. That's, that's, that's the economy. That's in one way not a great example because Jesus isn't like the economy. <laughs> his, his, what he says about your life is going to happen. It is happening. You're going this direction. Okay? But when you're looking at it yourself, you're going like this. Oh, I don't, maybe I don't know the Lord. Maybe I'm not even saved. I don't know. No, you're going up. He's taking you somewhere. Okay? It says, now check this out. So, he gives us everything we need for life and true devotion through the knowledge. How is he going to do this? Through the knowledge of him who has called us by his own glory and goodness. And that knowledge is not head knowledge. That is experientially knowing him. So if, he, if you're saying, Lord, how are you going to do this? He's like, I'll tell you how I'm going to do this. I'm going to keep giving you encounters with me. Sometimes when you're looking for him, sometimes when you're not. I'm going to give you encounters with me. And the more encounters we have, it, it's going to convince you that you have everything you need with me. And then it says, um, through these, that's the next sentence, through what? Through his glory and goodness. See, he does, the, he does this because he's so good. He does this because it's his glory. And he says, through these, through his goodness and glory, the greatest and priceless promises have been lavished on us that through them, through the promises, you should share the divine nature. Are you kidding me? No, I don't think he's kidding us. Every person in this room, you share the divine nature. You have God's nature. We just... Terry, just a little while ago, gave us a word up here at the end of worship about a mantle. Oh, and it's Jesus himself. It's his light. It's his love. It's his peace. It's his life. It's in you. Everything he is, is in you. You share his divine nature. This is why, this is ultimately why We can pray for people and totally expect that they're going to be healed. And we're still coming to the day, all of us, we we want that day when every person we pray for gets healed. I've shared before, I've seen a few days like that in my life. But there's a lot of times where I've prayed for people and they haven't been totally healed. But, But here's the thing. We are in a process. And the more 
that we understand who we carry, the more something around us changes. The environment starts to change around us. I, there was, there was a time, there was one particular day I was walking through a, gosh, it was like a, a, a kind of like a hospital, but, um, I'm trying my brain is not coming up with the right word, but those that are kind of ongoing, ongoing problems, but in a more hospital setting, nursing home kind of thing, but for all ages. So not just for older people, a rehab. So I was walking through and there was, it was a long corridor. It's a very long place. And there were a lot of people in there that were, you know, groaning and not good things going on. And there was one particular day, and I and I did not do anything to make this happen or or pray the right prayer or whatever. But as I'm walking down the hall, I am feeling, I'm feeling the light. I'm feeling the power. I'm I'm I was realizing as I was walking through, I wasn't praying uh, praying for everybody, but for some reason in that moment, the Lord let me know by walking through that place, I was changing environment around me. Now, that's. You understand, that's not like, oh, well, you're a pastor of Brent. You went to seminary, that's why. No, it has nothing to do with that. This is all y'all. This is what all of you carry. This is where God's taking us, is to believe who we are, to believe the glory that we already carry. We have His divine nature. We're not getting His divine nature. We have it. So, Lord, open our eyes. Let us see who we are. And it says, and this, this, okay, I, I believe most Christians, their number one battle is their battle, uh, they, they battle against sin and their struggle with sin. And it says right here that through them, through these promises that He lavishes on us, that you will share the divine nature and you will escape the corruption rife in the world through disordered passion. It doesn't say that you might. It doesn't say that maybe, hopefully. No, it says the more you know who you are, and and you see in this passage, you're not focusing on fighting sin. You're focusing on how amazing Jesus is. You're focusing on who you really are. That's the thing that's going to cause you to walk in the fullness. And it's going to look like something. Here, first I want to read the same one in the message. Same passage in the message. Everything that goes into a life of pleasing God has been miraculously given to us by getting to know personally and intimately the one who invited us to God. That would be Jesus. The best invitation we ever received. We were also given absolutely terrific promises to pass on to you. Your tickets to participation in the life of God after you turned your back on a world corrupted by lust. So here's, here's where I want to end it. Is that I said it looks like something, right? Because everything I just read, this is, this is the God part. It, everything you're reading there, he says, I'm going to do this. This is what I'm going to do in you. This is who you are. But check this out. This is a very next passage, very next part of the passage. Peter says, so this is uh, chapter 1 now in uh, verse 6, verse 5. With this in view, this is what he just described. He says, knowing this, knowing how amazing this is, do your utmost to support your faith with goodness. Goodness with understanding, understanding with self-control, 
self-control with perseverance, perseverance with devotion, devotion with kindness to the brothers and sisters, and kindness with love. The possession and growth of these qualities will prevent your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, that's the experiential knowledge, from being ineffectual or unproductive. Mm. So there actually is a way for you to know Jesus, but your life not to be as productive. But without them, a person, without these qualities, a person is blind or short-sighted, forgetting how the sins of the past were washed away. In other words, we can say yes to Jesus, but live as though it doesn't mean anything to us. That is an option. Now, God's not going to let you live there very comfortably. Can I just say that? Because he loves you too much. So he never gives up on you. But, but here, Peter is saying, he, again, a lot of people will read that, that, that list I just gave you, and that's all they focus on. So what, legalistically, what does that tell you? Have I been good enough today? Did I have enough faith today? Was I kind enough today? Dead works. What it's saying is, is look at, when you really get this and when you listen to who Jesus says you are and you know that you have all things and he's leading you, what's that going to look like? Well, it's, he starts with faith. Faith is already a gift. Did you know that? Faith is a gift. Often we say, well, I don't feel like I have enough faith. Well, bummer, because God already gave it to you. Jesus is the author and the perfecter of your faith. And when Jesus said, all it takes is a faith of a mustard seed, it's funny because we use that passage and we go, oh, I don't even have a faith of a mustard seed. He's like, no, you missed the point. He's like, just that much faith would do this. And he's like, I've given you plenty of faith. So he says, but on that faith, he, then, he, then he says, on, upon that faith, though, he says, um, I want you to support it with goodness. 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 Your life is to be all about goodness. And the Lord's going to help you do that. And understanding, spiritual understanding. And the Lord's going to do that. Self-control. Do you know you have to say no to things? But the bigger your yes is with Jesus, you know, those of you that just say, well, I can't, you know, this besetting sin, and every time I go there, it just ruins me. And I'm like, okay, don't go there. I'm, I'm not trying to be funny. I'm saying it's funny uh, how uh, it's interesting how how often we just we just kind of give up on the Jesus part. And I don't. I'm not saying. Um, okay, this is where when we make not sinning our goal, we're going to run into a lot of problems. When that's your goal as a Christian, you've lost your love. You've lost your first love. Jesus didn't save you in order for you not to sin. He saved you in order to to come into a full, deep, loving relationship with him. And in the midst of that relationship, he's going to tell you who you are. And he's going to show you the things that you're not. Do you see the difference? That's where the life is. That's where the life is. So um, anyway, it it is going to look like something. That was the point of that. And um, tonight, I... I wanted to um, end this way because I think I think we need to do something. There was a definite theme here tonight with with Bill, several words of Bill's to, uh, you know, kind of breaking off the confusion. And this is actually what I saw, interestingly, because this came before your words, Bill, was that I saw um, earlier tonight we were praying about how God really wants to break any doubt or disbelief off of us. 
And um, I was seeing it earlier tonight as we were worshiping as like these shackles around our wrists. Now, um, we already have a new nature in Christ. So, so things like doubt and disbelief, that's actually not our nature. But, but they can feel real to us. And so what I did in the middle of worship, see, I got this sword back here, which many of you know about because I've already talked about it before. So it's actually in my hand now because it's real. God gave this to me many years ago. And so in, in, in worship, I, I did this. And then I know this is impossible because I can't do this and hold the sword, but I did. So I took the sword and I went, you know, like that. And I felt, ooh, I felt something. I felt, I'm going to put this away for a minute. I felt, <laughs> you laugh, but I do that all the time now. Because it's, because it's actually real. God will give you weapons of warfare and they're real. And the more you actually believe they're real, you actually use them. So um, anyway, um, this is what I saw tonight. I, I, I want to ask um, in a moment, this is that group participation thing, you know, where we love doing that. Because, because honestly, we need to step out. Otherwise, we just sit there and go, you know, good word, Pastor Brent. That was a good word right there. And then we go away and do nothing. It's like, no, it's the real word, Jesus, he changes us. And, and what we want is encounters with him. So this is what I want to ask you to do in a moment. I'm going to ask you to stand up. And if you're, if you are feeling, if you're not feeling like you struggle with doubt or disbelief anymore, awesome. If you are, I want you to, in a minute, I want you to stand. I want to ask everybody to stand regardless. But if you're feeling like I got some doubt and disbelief, I'd love, love those chains to be cut off. I just want you to put your hands up like this because I'm just going to be, going to be doing that. And, um, and then after that, this is the next part. And if you can't stand, of course, you know you can do all this sitting and it's just as valid. But on the next part, um, I want you to make sure even if, if you want to step out on the aisle to do this, great. Or if you, you're in an aisle, then just make sure you're kind of sitting back by your chair so you can at least take a little step forward because we're going to step into faith. We're going to step into the faith that's already in there. We're, you're, you're choosing. I'm going to believe I have the divine nature. Just as an act of, of obedience, an act of your will, Lord, I know that it's all you that's leading me in, and that's where I want to go. I'm crossing over this line, okay? And um, what's going to happen, I just want to tell you this, is that the more, the more that we engage our hearts, that's really what we're talking about tonight. I'm not, I, you know, we don't, we're not trying to be weird or anything. We just want to engage our hearts with God and do something that feels real to us. And I'm saying that as you leave this place, there's going to there's gonna be moments in these next few days where you're going to remember things in a different way because the Holy Spirit's going to remind you. And you're going to realize, oh, this is one of those choices, things I have right now. Only this time, instead of going, oh, oh, God, this is hard. I can't do this. You're going to say, wait a minute. I carry the divine nature. He's given me everything I need. I want to go back to that one. He's given me uh, all things that I need for life and true devotion. It's, it's when you speak truth to yourself that it, things begin to change. God, God says, that's right. Now watch this. See, he's training us. Now there are still times where we miss it. His heart doesn't change for you. His heart doesn't change. He just says, son, daughter, you forgot who you were. Let's repentance, back to the very first uh, scriptures we were using, repentance means to turn and to, to change the way you're thinking. Repentance is about changing the way you're thinking. 
It's to turn back to the Lord because we had some wrong, we had some stinking thinking into some old habits, old patterns that aren't who we are. And the Lord says, why don't you let me put some good thoughts back in your mind? And that's what we're going to do. So, um, so I'll pray some of those things over you after we take that step forward. But if, if you are willing, if you'd please stand, I'm going to use my sword. Ah, so again, if you, if you're just feeling like you have any doubt or disbelief, you want cut off, just put your hands up so I, so we can like, you know, kind of like this, like you're shackled, right? So, in the name of Jesus, I um, I thank you, Father. Father, thank you that I do have the authority that you've given me because I walk in your divine nature. <laughs> and you have given us weapons of warfare. And so, in the name of Jesus, I cut through every bit of doubt and disbelief in Jesus' name. I cut through every bit of doubt and disbelief in the name of Jesus. You are free. You are free. You are free in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I cut through the doubt. I cut through the disbelief. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. So this, again, if if you want to step out, if you want to step out into the aisle because you want to take a bigger step or up front, feel free to do that. But I just want to, but uh, if you want to stay where you are, that's cool too. This is what we are praying and saying, Lord Jesus, that we know, we know this is you and what you are doing in our lives. You are the one changing us. You are the one taking us from glory to glory. But Lord, tonight, because I do believe we are crossing over a different kind of threshold. God, your spirit is, Holy Spirit, you are, you are invading this earth like we've never seen it before. And God, what we're saying is, is we don't want to walk in what we've had. We want what you have next for us. We want, we want to say yes to, uh, to the divine nature that we carry. And so I'm asking God in a moment as we take a step forward to say yes to what you say about us, that we have your divine nature, that God, when we do that, that there's going to be a new, uh, deeper revelation of truth that's going to invade us and take over. Because God, it's time. It's time for your bride to rise up and know who she is. It is so time. So Holy Spirit, go ahead and take every person in this room by the hand. And we now, we take a step forward and we say, yes, we have your divine nature. Just take a step forward. We agree with you, Lord. We agree with you that we share your divine nature. We share your divine nature. We have your nature in us. This is who we are. So, Lord, in these coming days, weeks, months, years, God, I am declaring over every person now a a different understanding, spiritual understanding that's rising up, that our mind, which is the mind of Christ, will be quick to see when we're going down a road that is not you, and we will be quick to agree with who you say we are, that we carry your nature. And your nature and the nature of every person in this room is love, it's life, 
it's light, it's peace, it's joy, it's mercy, it's a whole lot of things, God. And mostly it is love. This is who we are. I just want you to say, this is who I am. I, I am full of light. I am full of love. I am full of, of light. Did I say that one already? Life. I'm full of life. And I'm full of peace. Holy Spirit, more. I'm asking for more. More, more, more. Greater revelation, revelation of the truth. Greater revelation. And we, we agree, Lord, that we are part of the beautiful bride that is arising on the earth. This is what you said, Jesus. You said the world's going to look on and see how we love each other and say, I got to be a part of that. And God, I'm asking this. I'm asking that you start by helping us love ourselves. You told us to love our neighbor as ourself. God, it's time for the bride and it's time for each one of us in this room as part of the bride to love ourselves the way you do. God, where we will have no distorted thinking that that trashes ourselves, that makes choices that blow ourselves and up and people around us up. That that God, that we would love ourselves too much to do that. Because we would love ourselves with your love. And Lord, as we do that, as we as we receive your love and as we love ourselves, thank you, God. We are going to be the bride that rises up to love this world in a way they have never seen before. You're all looking amazing, you know that? Really. This is what I pray for each of you. I pray for the eyes to see yourself the way God sees you. I pray that when you go home tonight and you brush your teeth later tonight and you look at yourself in the eyes, you will be able to say to yourself, I love you. If you've never done that, this is your homework. Because this will, this is going to rock you a little bit. If you've never done this, it's going to feel really weird. You're going to say, is this even legal? Isn't this, isn't this, uh, you know, arrogant? No, you're agreeing with God's truth of who you are. So tonight, I'm declaring you will have the eyes of the Lord to look in the mirror to tell yourself, I love you. And here's the other thing you're going to say. You ready for this? After that, you're going to agree with God and you're going to say, wow. I carry God's divine nature. This is not arrogance, church. It's time we have to believe what the Lord says about us. Truly, people, people who get this kind of love from God's, God's love, you, you look at their lives, they are not arrogant people. They're not very humble. Those that are arrogant are the ones actually who don't like themselves and have to put everybody else down and see how great they are because they don't have, they don't have the love of the Lord. 
So I'm just telling you, just in case you're worried, like this is going to sound like arrogance. It's not. This is what the church needs to rise up and do now. We need to love ourselves. We need to receive God's love. We need to love ourselves. And then we will have all the love we need for the world. Not going to be a problem. So thank you, Jesus. I, I thank you for what you've done here tonight. Thank you that we're moving into new places with you. I'm feeling hope. I'm feeling life. I'm feeling the Lord's joy over every single one of you. We have to understand that when God does things, and like this, he invites us into things. And we're not always comfortable doing it. Like some of us go, well, I don't know, but I'll okay, I'll do it. But when he invites us in, if we can participate with him, the more we participate, we see change. change he keeps changing us over and over and over again. So... um I would like to ask this. I would like to, I want to make sure we keep praying for healing. Okay. And, um, and I know like Pam shared that, that her, she's pain free like what, eight days or something now. Awesome. 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 And, and you have to understand she was in pain for years. And not only that for six years, five years, four years, it's going down. Okay. Do I hear three, uh, four years, constant pain for four years with pain meds. So this is a huge deal. And she's sleeping through the night without pain. So I, I want to, first of all, I'm just going to declare over all of you, because we all want that, is I declare over you um, s- sound sleep, perfect sleep. I declare angels over you who are, who are going to be released to give you peace while you sleep. That is the Lord's gift to you. That's his one of his gifts to you. And I also am declaring that pain leaves your body. I cancel the assignment of pain in Jesus' name. I cancel it. I cancel it. I cancel it in the name of Jesus. And now I want to ask if, if the prayer teams will come forward and if you received a healing like Gary in this last week, I want to ask you to become be part of the healing teams tonight because it's really important that you turn around and pray for other people. So if you, so just step out and do it. Just come on up <laughs> and pray. Turn around and pray for others. It's one of the best things you can do. If you are here and you need healing, come and get it. Come and receive from the Lord. And prayer teams up here, just for a minute, before they come up, everybody in the prayer team, Turn to somebody next to you in twos. Just someone next to you. Yeah, you could do it in couples. That's fine. Right here. And just right here. You two. You two. You two. And just bless each other for a minute. Just like fill them up. Holy Spirit, fill them. Just bless them really quick. Just fill them, fill them. (laughs) Because the more filled they get, the better it is for you when you come up here. (laughs) All right, so now I want to invite you. Come on up if you need prayer. And uh, I bless you in Jesus' name.